Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. All right, so we got a message for you today. Um, how many were here last week for Pastor Diane's message? It was a good one, right? She, she talked on the importance of prayer, becoming a people of prayer. Bryson mentioned a couple of places that you can connect with prayer um, here at our church. And he mentioned the times and places for that, so I won't repeat that. Um, well, one thing I will say is the, the 9 o'clock one um, here on Sunday mornings, that one goes for about a half hour. And then the Tuesday morning ones that's on the uh, second, Tuesday evenings ones that's on the second and fourth uh, Tuesdays, um, that one's about an hour and a half. So um, we have both of those options for you guys. But we really encourage you to lock in and uh, come to prayer. All right, now, I know what you're all asking after that message that Pastor Diane preached, because I was asking the same question, okay? She had mentioned that the Jewish people have a prayer for everything, including one for going to the bathroom, like a prayer of thanksgiving after going to the bathroom. And I was like, sitting here during that message, like, I wanna know what the prayer is. So I'm gonna read it for you today. Okay, Jewish tradition prescribes that a blessing to be recited upon going to the restroom, known as the Asher Yatsar. It's a blessing of thanksgiving for the workings of the human body. So here it is. And we have it on your screens for you. If you want to repeat this, you can. Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who formed man with wisdom and created within him, within him many openings and hollow spaces. It is obvious and known before your seat of honor that if even if one of them would be opened or if one of them would be sealed, it would be impossible to survive and stand uh, before you, even, even for one hour. Blessed are you, Adonai, who heals all flesh and acts wondrously. All right? So there's your bathroom prayer. Now it's to be recited coming out of the bathroom. So that's a blessing of Thanksgiving. I don't know what you pray going into the bathroom. I don't know. Anyway, aren't you glad you came to church? Okay. You might not remember anything else I say today. I promise you, you're not forgetting that, so. All right. Well, I have a message for you this morning. Um, we, uh, we're in a series called Free Indeed. And in this series, we're talking about how to walk um, free from any and all forms of bondage that might be holding uh, you back. And in fact, I believe we're in a season, there's actually a grace on this season um, for us to walk in freedom. Um, if, you're, if there's something that you're being held back by, there's a form of bondage in your life, I believe we're in a season where there's a grace to break free from that thing, and God wants us to walk free. Jesus said this when he was walking the earth. He's talking about the, the Satan. He said, Satan has nothing in me. He has no part of me. He has no secret hooks in me, right? What would it be like for us to walk free and have no secret hooks of the enemy in our lives, right? Just totally free and, and shining light everywhere we go, right? It's kind of like, yeah, Jesus said, Satan has nothing in me. It's kind of like Jane Austen books. They have nothing in me, right? <laughs> There's nothing in me that needs that, right? We had, our, we had our small group on Thursday, and we did an icebreaker. And the icebreaker was this. What would you do? Where would you, what, what period of history would you, would you go to if you had a time machine? Like, where would you go? This was our icebreaker question. I said, I would go stop Jane Austen. I would go actually... <laughs> Stop her, and um, the world would be a better place. So, 
And all the guys said, amen. amen. <laughs> Just kidding. Maybe you like Jane Austen. That's fine. I don't know. You know what? There's things my, I'm totally into that my wife has nothing to do with, like MMA. She's like, whatever. But she still listens because she's a good wife. And I kind of listen about her stuff too. Okay. <laughs> so we want to break free. All right. I'm going to do a quick review. Um, and then we'll get into some new content. Um, part one of this series, I did a sermon called Why Sermons Are Not Enough. I wrote a sermon on why sermons are not enough. I talked about how in order to thrive in any and every season, we all need genuine Christ-centered relationships in our lives, okay? Um, God has designed it in such a way that I need you, you need me, you need the person probably sitting next to you or across the room from you. He's just set it up that way, and this is the way he's, this is the way he's made it. Whenever you read scripture, especially in the New Testament, it, he's always been passionate about raising up a community of believers, not just the lone soldier in Christ who does it all by himself. And maybe some people have never broken free from the things that, that God wants them to be free from because they haven't leveraged the gift of God that God's given them in authentic community, all right? And so we talked about the importance of that. Romans, I'll just read the scripture real quick. It says, Romans 12, 5, it says this. So in Christ, we though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We actually, we don't just belong to Christ. He, we are in him, he's in us. We actually belong to the other members of the body of Christ, okay? And for us to um, get everything out of Christianity, what God has for us, it involves people. It involves relationships. So if you don't have those in your life, so I highly encourage you to um, make sure you have those genuine Christ-centered relationships in your life. And I just want to say, this is God's strategy both now and, and in eternity. We know in eternity, we're going to be connected to him, of course, but we're still, we're going to be doing this with people. We're going to be worshiping before the throne of God, but how many know there's going to be lots of people there? So it's an introvert's worst nightmare, right? No. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure there's solitude as well if you need that. Okay. All right. So that was part one. Um, part two, I did a message called uh, Free from the World. And I believe um, there are many Christians, um, they, never, they give their life to Christ, but they never fully um, break free from, uh, and they never get free because they're still encumbered by the systems and the pattern and the thinking patterns of this world. They're encumbered by worldliness, so they, they never um, walk free the way that Christ has called them to be free. Um, I love this Romans chapter 12, verse 2 in the Passion Translation. It says this, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Okay? I want to live a life beautiful and satisfying, perfect in his eyes. How do we do that? One of the ways we do that is to allow God to transform the way we think and to stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the world around us, okay? Not every idea you have is good. Not every idea I have is good. This is why we have to go to the word of God and let it challenge us. If you read this word and it doesn't challenge you, I don't know, I don't know. I'm always challenged by it. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Maybe you're just like Jesus if it doesn't challenge you at all. But I'm challenged by the word of God. How many are challenged when you read the word of God, right? So that challenging of the word of God changes the way we think and it goes in, in stark contrast to the direction that this world is going in, okay? So that was part two. We talked about all about how to be free from the world. Part three, I did a message called Free From Me. And today's gonna be kind of a, 
a playoff on that one. Um, <clears throat> many Christians think the devil is their biggest problem. And many times that's not true. Many times we are our biggest problem, okay? Many times it's the old sinful nature that is not, has not been dealt with the way that God has taught us to deal with it that still leaves us in bondage, okay? And so we talked a little bit about that last week, and I didn't get into the very practical how-tos last week. I want to touch on some of the practical how-tos this week. But last week, uh, I'm sorry, this would be two weeks ago. Um, two weeks ago, I, I kind of did some vision casting. And this is, this is kind of, um, I'll just recap this real quick. Uh, many times when we come to church, you know, you hear things like, well, we're all going to sin, and we're always going to mess up. And God loves us when we sin, when we mess up, but he loves us anyway. And, you know, we're always going to be sinners and we're always going to fail and you don't need to change or anything like that. Well, listen, there's some truth to that. God, of course, God loves us when we fail, when we mess up, when we stumble along the way. But sometimes I think we talk more about how we're big failures than we talk about how God has called us to a new life in Christ Jesus. Okay? Yes, he loves us in our mistakes, but the Bible also teaches us that we can be free from the power of the old sin nature. Okay, we can be free from the power of the old sin nature. You don't have to be totally bogged down with that the rest of your life. How many know there's a difference? There's a difference between stumbling along the way every once in a while and being totally in bondage to the sinful nature. Okay, so yes, we may stumble along the way every once in a while, but but that's totally different than living in total bondage to the flesh or in a certain area. And so this is what I said last week, and I, I hope this sunk in a little bit. I don't wake up thinking I'm sin waiting to happen. Okay. I don't wake up like, oh I'm, oh, I'm a sinner. I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna sin. I don't wake up thinking that. Yes, it's possible. I wake up thinking I'm righteousness waiting to manifest, okay? Um, I'm right, I wanna be righteousness-focused, not sin-focused, okay? And the Bible actually teaches this, and I will tell you that it actually works, okay? Being focused on your failures and that you're a sinner and that you always mess up, that's not gonna empower you to live um, a greater freedom of Christ. And we're gonna get into a little bit more of that here. And so let's get into some of the more practical how-tos, um, how to be free from the sin nature. This is going to be a very practical message, I hope. Okay, so let's start with uh, Ephesians chapter uh, 4, verses 17 through 24. By the way, I'm sorry that the, this is not working, but it's not working. You knew that though, right? <laughs> We're working on We have a great media team, and uh, sometimes... You know, we also share this building with another church, and sometimes we run into some technical issues. But one thing I want to mention that we're working on is um, Pastor Adam has been working on getting live streaming going. We actually are streaming to our nurseries right now, and, and I think it's being, actually being streamed. We're not advertising yet because we're still kind of working out some of the bugs, but yay, Adam and the uh, media team for helping with that. So <laughs> streaming is coming to you soon. All right, so... Ephesians 4, 17 through 24, it says this. So I tell you this and, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening, hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed." All right, verse 20. That, however, is not the way of life you learned, um, the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. 
Verse 22, you were taught with regard to your former way of life, watch this, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitudes of your minds, some, some translations say spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness, okay? So Paul teaches here that there's an act of taking off the old nature that we all need to have, and there's an act of putting on the new nature that we all need to do, okay? The title of my message today is called Out With The Old, all right? And we're just gonna talk about how to deal with the flesh, how to deal with the sin nature, and how to be free from that, okay? And so this week we're going to focus on that. Next week I'm going to do another message called In With The New, or On With The New, okay? I haven't decided yet. All right, so, so this week, Out With The Old, next week, In With The New, all right? So it's important to, to note that we don't want to just try to put Christ on, okay? We'll talk about that next week, we'll put Christ on. But it's important to first make sure that we're taking the old man off, the old nature off. How many know that you, if you, uh, actually, let's, let's go ahead and bring up that illustration that I got for you this morning. Oh, yeah, 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 bring it all up. Here, I'll get this for you. Okay, so what we have here is a weighted vest. This is the sin nature. Now, speaking of burdens, we talked about this during, during worship today. Burdens. Can you, can you put it on? Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Okay, so guys, this is going to be the old sin nature. Okay, now how many know before we put Christ on, and next week I'll have an illustration for putting Christ on, I'm not going to tell you yet, it's important to take the old nature off. Okay, we have to deal with the old man, we have to deal with the old nature. All right, so go ahead and put that there so it serves as a, a living reminder. Do you think you could run fast in that? No. I can't walk. Yeah, right. All right. All right. Thank you, Ben. Let's give Ben a hand. So good. Okay. Want to take the old nature off before we put the new nature on that's created to be like God. Okay. Now, so many believers, I think some believers, they don't even know what it's like to walk around not encumbered and held down by the old sin nature. They actually don't even know what this feels like. Okay, listen, it feels amazing not to be burdened by the old man, the old nature. It feels amazing to be able to move and and go faster, right? And so um, I believe many Christians wouldn't even recognize their lives if they got that old thing off of them. So we're going to talk about that today, and we're going to get into some practical keys. So um, uh, key number one, um, now... Uh, Key number one is how to put off the old nature. Identify with the death of Jesus. Now, this seems a little bit abstract at first, and I'm gonna try to take something that seems abstract and make it a little more concrete for you so that you can apply it to your lives today. Okay, listen. Jesus, he didn't just die for you. Jesus died as you. Okay, he didn't, uh, the death on the cross was and is your death. We need to identify with the death of Jesus. And listen, he didn't just raise the life for you. He raised the life as you. Okay, you were in him when he was raised to life. His resurrection is your resurrection, okay? 
So I'm going to read Romans chapter 6. This will make some of you like, now I'm more lost. Yeah. Uh, we're going to read Romans 6, uh, 1 through 13. Um, just a side note, the previous chapter is all about grace. Grace, grace, grace. Grace is amazing. Where sin abounds, grace does that much more abound, right? And then Paul starts off in Romans 6, 1 with this. Speaking of grace, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or, you, or do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Um, we were therefore buried with him into baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we may too live a new life. Watch this, verse five. Verse five. For if we have been united with him in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that, watch this, our old self was, past tense, crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Verse eight, now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death, he di- um, the death he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. Okay? All right, here's the key. Verse 11. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Okay? Count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Some translations say consider yourselves dead to sin or reckon yourselves dead to sin. Basically, it means this. We'll put up the, the Strong's. It's Strong's 34, uh, 3049. This is the word count. Um, it's, it's a Greek word, logismai. I'm not going to try it. Okay. It's the root of the English terms logic and logical. Uh, to compute, to take into account, to reckon, to come to the bottom line, i.e. reason to a logical conclusion or decision. Okay? So Paul's saying, when you, because of what Jesus did, and you were included with Jesus, in the death, burial, and resurrection with Jesus, when you look at yourself, you need to look at yourself like Jesus, okay? He says, when you count yourself, don't count yourself as someone who is a sinner. Count yourself as someone who has died to sin but is alive with God in Christ Jesus, okay? All right, let me tell you what this doesn't say. It doesn't say, when you have a good day, count yourself dead to sin, okay? It says, when you have... This is the good, the bad, and the ugly. These are all the days. Count yourself as a believer. We should count ourselves and consider ourselves dead to sin. Now, what happens when my reality doesn't really match what I'm thinking, right? Or what I'm doing, right? Sometimes I don't feel that. You wake up and it's like, I feel like the flesh is having, you know, dominance in my life. Okay, what do you do? What does this look like when you stumble along the way? Well, I will tell you how I've tried to apply this to my own life, okay? And I've talked about this a little bit before, but this is how I have tried to apply that verse. Consider myself dead to sin, okay? Even when you're stumbling along the way, there's a way to do this, and this is how I've done it. When I've had a selfish day, or I've had a lustful thought, or I get angry at someone in traffic, or I find myself gossiping, or I find myself not forgiving a person, okay? This is what I do. I say, "Thank thank you, God, that that selfish person died with you and you created me to prefer others. Thank you, God, that that lustful man died with you, and I've been raised with Christ as a man who's faithful to you, faithful to my wife, faithful to my kids, right? 
okay? That's not who I am. That lustful man, that's not who I am. That selfish man, that's not who I am. God, I thank you that I've been raised with Christ as a patient man, and that impatient man died with you 2,000 years ago on the cross, okay? God, I thank you that you didn't create me to be a gossip. You created me to mind my own business, right? That man who wants to hear things that are none of his business, God, that man died with you 2,000 years ago. You created me to, to walk with you. You created me to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, okay? Okay, so, or, or that when I feel like I don't want to forgive that person, God, I thank you that you created me to be forgiving. God, you, for, you created me to, be, to release people from their, um, from their chains, God, and not, not to hold them in, in um, judgment in my mind, Lord God, okay? Now listen, what does this do? I'll tell you what this does. This breaks the guilt cycle. It breaks the guilt cycle. Listen, guilt and shame will not liberate you. Sometimes we think guilt and shame, like if I partner with guilt and shame, I'll feel bad enough to change. That will not happen. Guilt and shame perpetuates sin. Guilt and shame perpetuates the problem, okay? But when you, even in the midst of, you know, not walking perfect, if you say, okay, God, thank you, that's not who you created me to be. You created me to walk holy, God. You created me to love, God. You didn't create me to take you didn't create me to be selfish. You didn't create me to be lustful, right? You didn't create me to be angry. And I just declare those things and I declare who God created me to be. I count myself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, okay? This is what I've done in my own life and I'm telling you, it works. Because you could stay in that pity party, you know, you know, after you mess up or whatever. How long do you need? How long do you need? You need a week, two weeks, three weeks? How long do you need before you feel okay to like come back, raise your hands in church, right, and feel connected to God. Like, <laughs> this is our, you know, when Adam and Eve sinned, what did they do? They hid, right? Well, don't do that. When you sin, why don't you run to God and say, God, thank you that that's not, that's not even who I am. That's not who you created me to be. And just run right back to him and keep on going with your relationship with him, okay? It's good stuff, and it works. I'm telling you guys that works, okay? Um, <clears throat> all right, where are we at here? Okay, Romans... Um, Let's jump back. Let's look at Romans um, 10, 11 again, and then we'll look at verse 12. Romans 6, 10 through 12, it says this. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, verse 12, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body to obey its evil desires. Okay, how many know we need to know what the therefore is there for, okay? The therefore is there to say what was previously said will empower what I'm about to say, okay? So when he says, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin but alive in God in Christ Jesus, therefore, because of what I just said, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, okay? All right, so the, listen, the empowerment to not let sin reign in your mortal body is a direct reflection of how you take inventory of yourself. The power to walk free is a direct reflection of how you view yourself. Okay, if you view yourself as an old wretch and you're never gonna change and it's never gonna change, you're gonna walk that way. But if you take inventory of yourself as someone who has died to sin and is alive and gone with Christ Jesus, you can, you can put to death the deeds of sin in your body, okay? <clears throat> so listen, right belief precedes right behavior, not the other way around. Okay, let me say that again. Right belief, I'm sorry. Right belief precedes right behavior, not the other way around, okay? If you want to behave right, you have to believe right first, right? We're believers, 
right? Let's be believing believers, amen? Okay, so count yourself dead to sin. Listen, we're not trying to um, integrate a little bit of Jesus for a better day. We're identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus to live a completely new way of life, okay? And maybe, maybe you're coming to church and you're like, I need a little religion, I need a little Jesus so I can have a better day. Listen, that's not gonna work. What you need is to identify fully with Christ, identify with his death, burial, resurrection, give your heart fully to him for a new way of life, okay? It doesn't really work, like halfway isn't really good, okay? So, all right, that's point number one. We wanna identify with the death of Jesus. Consider yourself dead to sin, okay? Try it out next time, you know, you stumble. I'm not declaring that you're gonna stumble, but next time you do, instead of doing that three-week vacation of shame and guilt and waiting until you feel good enough to come back to God and church and raise your hands, why don't you just do it right away and say, God, thank you, you love me, I'm a son, right? And come right back to him, amen? Okay, so that's point number one. Point number two, how to uh, put off the old nature. Point number two is deny the old nature daily, Okay, this isn't like an exciting point. <laughs> I realize that. Like, I wish this was shouting, preaching. It's not. Okay, sometimes the old nature just needs denied. In fact, Jesus said, do this every day. Okay, I wish I could say when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, the old nature would never be a problem. It would go away and be permanently fixed forever. That has not been my experience in my life. I find that I am, you know, maturing as a believer, right? I don't know what your experience is, but sometimes you just have to make this choice daily. Um, and being intentional every day to subdue that old nature, that old flesh, it's important. And we have to talk about it. Deny yourself, die to yourself, okay? It's okay. You were supposed to, you, were, you, created, you weren't created to be selfish. You weren't created to be lustful. You were created to be um, righteous in God's image, okay? Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 26, it says this. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. Okay? For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever, wants to, um, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone if they gain the whole world, yet, forfeit, um, yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whosoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels, okay? So Jesus said daily, deny yourself, okay? It's not shouting, preaching, it's not exciting, but it's true. It's just part of the Christian life. How do we do this, okay? One of the ways you do this, and I mentioned this earlier, we have to get into the word. You need, you need the Bible. Listen, if you don't read the Bible, you need to read the Bible, okay? Now, I'm all for books and other, I'm all for books and other studies or stuff like that. I consider those supplements, how many know if you only took vitamins? Vitamins are supplements, right? If you only took supplements, you would die. You need food, okay? You guys need your food, all right? So read those other books, do those other studies, do those things, but make sure you're getting into the Word every day. That's important. That's how we renew our minds. That's how we know God's heart, right? But then ask the Holy Spirit to come and help teach you, help unlock the Scriptures to you, help them make, help, um, ask Him to help uh, make it life to you, Okay? So be in the word, be in worship, be in prayer, and walk in obedience, okay? That's part of that denying yourself, that dying to yourself, is just walking in obedience. When he says something, do it. When he says, don't do this, don't do that, right? That's one of the ways we grow in maturity, okay? Some people, many people haven't had success in following Jesus, and they're still burdened by this old nature, 
because they haven't made following Jesus a daily occurrence. Okay? Maybe it's just Sunday, you know, or Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday, right? I want to encourage you, just make it a daily thing. And you might as well anyway, because Jesus is amazing and he loves you. He wants to be part of your every day, your every decision, right? Life with Jesus is amazing, so why wouldn't you want him every day, right? So he says, do this every day, okay? No vacations from following Jesus. Just get in the word every day, get in the prayer every day, walk with him every day. He loves you and he has amazing plans for you. Okay, that's point number two. Deny the old nature daily. All right, point number three, how to put off the old nature. Point number three is take no prisoners. All right? Take no prisoners. Okay, how many know what the Geneva Conventions are? Geneva Conventions where they, they wrote the rules of war. Like, this is acceptable in war, this is not acceptable, and they, they made a bunch of rules so that work, war could be done in, in, in a better way. And so, according to the Geneva Conventions, enemy combatants captured or who surrendered in a conflict must be provided with some essentials. They need to be provided with water and food. They need to be able to communicate with loved ones. They need to be given shelter and even medical attention, okay? So wounded enemy combatants or captured enemy combatants is required under the Geneva Conventions to provide them with these things. It's like a right of, of humanity, okay? Even, you guys remember even when um, Saddam Hussein was captured, remember when they captured him, they were doing a medical, and the first thing they did was a medical checkup on him, right? They did a full medical checkup, they had to take care of him because they were obeying and abiding to the Geneva Conventions, okay? Now, what about this old nature that we're talking about? <laughs> Do we need to make, should we make provisions for this old nature, right? He's dead or he's captured, but we're still gonna, you know, give him some food and water in the corner, right? Okay, <laughs> Paul says this, Romans 13, we're gonna read 11 through 14, says this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake up from your sleep, for, this, for salvation is nearer to us now than we were first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness, right? Cast off the works of darkness <clears throat> and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in daytime, not in orgies, drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and in jealousy, okay? But put on the Lord Jesus Christ, watch this, and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its sinful natures. Okay, look at me. Your sin nature is not protected under the Geneva Conventions, okay? You can go ahead. That thing was supposed to die, and you know what you do with dead people? You bury them, right? You don't give them water. You don't give them food. You don't give them provisions. I want to give you permission to just let that old man go, okay? Because that's not who you're created to be anyway. The one you're created to be is the one that's clothed in Christ, okay? So we're going to kill that old man for good, okay? Paul says, stop making provisions for that nature that's supposed to be dead, okay? Take no prisoners. Okay, let me give you, let's try to make this practical. Let me give you a couple examples here. If you're trying out a new diet, do you stock up on pudding and ice cream beforehand? <laughs> I hope not, because that's a provision for failure, right? <laughs> if you don't want the cat to come in by your house anymore, don't leave milk out for it, right? Okay. Um, if you are trying to get in shape, what do you do? You, you pack up your workout bag in the morning, 
and then you go to work, and then before you come home, you go to the gym, or whatever works for you, you know what I mean? Because how many know when you come home after work, you're tired, and you probably won't go back to the gym? So you pack that bag beforehand, and then you go to the gym. What'd you do? You made provisions for success, okay? Now, let me, let's, get at, let's apply this. Think about, I want you all to think about that thing that you struggle with. What's that thing that keeps coming up, that thing that won't go away, that struggle that happens every so often, okay? <clears throat> Is it possible that you're still providing some provisions for that thing to stay there? Are there still provisions in place for that thing to keep coming up and to keep bothering you, okay? Let me give you examples of this, okay? Uh, if your struggle is jealousy, envy, and comparison, maybe hanging out, on, hanging out on social media all day is not the place for you, right? Envy, comparison, um, um, jealousy, that's not a good place for you to be if you have those struggles, okay? If you're an alcoholic, you struggle with alcoholism, maybe hanging around all the old friends who drink all the time is not the right thing for you. What are you doing? You're making a provision for, your, for that old nature. You're making provision for your flesh, okay? Um, if, if you uh, spend too much money going shopping for things you don't need, that's making provision for something you don't need, right? If, uh, if you're struggling with offenses, Right? You have an offense against the person. Getting together with the other person who's offended at the same person that you're offended at and hashing out the story, talking about how bad that person is and how they hurt you, right? <laughs> Listen, you are making provision for the flesh right there. You are making provision to stay stuck and to walk around with some weights on you, okay? So we need to stop making provisions for the flesh. Listen, if, if, you're, if your problem is pornography... Maybe having your phone right next to your bed with no accountability, like, you know, no, no accountability software on it, and you wake up at night and you're, you know, in a weakened state or whatever. Hello, like, you're making some provision for the flesh. If that's your problem, like, get some accountability software so that, you know, you can have some other guys in your life or girls in your life that you're going on that journey with who can hold you accountable, right? Um, or maybe get rid of your phone for a while, right, until you can walk free from it for a while or, or whatever, Make, do the necessary steps. Make no provision for your flesh, for the old sinful nature, okay? So, what is that thing? What is that thing in your life that just keeps happening? Is it unforgiveness? Is it bitterness? Is it je jealousy, envy? Is it lust? Whatever it is, ask yourself, am I making unnecessary provisions for this thing that's supposed to be in the grave, right? Okay? It's practical, right? Okay, good. Okay, listen. God is not, God doesn't say any of this over us because he's a big killjoy, right? God wants us to be free. Jesus, um, it says this in, uh, I think it's Galatians, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free, right? Stand firm them and do not let yourselves be burned again with a yoke of bondage, okay? Christ wants you free. This, it's not, he is not saying these things to control you or to be a killjoy. Following Jesus should be the most liberating thing that you've ever done. It's the most liberating thing in life to follow Jesus and be connected with him. And how good does it feel to walk around and just like Jesus said, the enemy has nothing in me. He has no hooks in me. He has no power over me. How good does that feel, right? There's no offense in me. There's no jealousy in me, right? There's no lust in me, right? That feels good. Like that is living free and God wants us to be free. Okay. All right, I think that's good. Why don't you guys stand up? I'm gonna 
I'm gonna pray. Are you closing? Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us and we hope you have a blessed week.